The Rays' losing streak is not one, not two, not three, but four. Four straight games the Rays have taken in L. It's not good, but don't freak out, okay? Don't freak out, people. Uh, but also, we're going to review that, and we've got some conspiracy theory time for you, so let's get started right now. You are Locked on Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Rays, as well as all the other traditional podcasting platforms. You can also find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays, and email us anytime. We love the voice memos and just general comments, questions, concerns, hot takes, whatever it may be. Baseball, Rays related, whatever. Uh, Locked on Rays at gmail.com. Well, the Tampa Bay Rays lose again to the Philadelphia Phillies, this time by a score of eight to four. The Phillies are 46 and 39 on the year. The Rays are 57 and 32 on the year, as we mentioned in the open there. Four game losing streak for the Tampa Bay Rays. But again, this team is still 25 games above. 500 context matters. I think we had said, even when the Rays were on that amazing historical trek of starting off the season with 13 consecutive W's 13 and zero, we said there were going to be ups and downs. There were going to be ebbs and flows. There would probably be a three, four five, maybe six game losing streak mixed in over the course of a 162 game, six month season. Yes, we did. And you guys can look back at the tape. We said, just, Know that it wasn't always going to be W's. I can see it in anti-social media, people kind of freaking out. Don't freak out. Does it suck? 100% does it suck. Um, It sucks. But I know this is going to be tough to hear for some of you race fans. They're dead tired. It's so noticeable. Like, I mean, they're running on fumes. They're running on, they're doing the best they humanly can right now. Um, if they're just, I, I don't know if, if you see it the same way as I do, but looking at how they're playing, it's, I can see, you know, you know, in cartoons when they go with like the gray smoke coming out mm-hmm. of, you know, the character. It's just like that, man. Like uh, today, Randy Rosarena, uh, Manuel Margot running the first, like they are putting every single effort that they have left. And they're still getting out when before they were safe, you know, breaking up a double play or whatever. Yes. Or getting an infield hit. Uh, you don't see that anymore. And you can, it's been a tough schedule. So honestly, it, it, yeah, the four game losing streak is not the greatest, but I, I just feel like they're just tired, man. The all-star break can't come soon enough or fast enough for this team. And hopefully a lot of these guys get a well earned and well-deserved rest aside from and i'm not saying this is a concern but it's kind of the bittersweet or the catch-22 of having multiple all-stars or represent uh, representatives in the game is because that is an exhausting week and exhausting several days for yandy randy shane i don't even 
I don't even know if Shane's going. I mean, he's on the injured list, but I would think so. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Wander as well. So there's a lot of. I mean, I I would like to talk to a player as great as the experience is. There is something to be said for you know, having a legit couple of days off. But yeah, with this game um, and, and again, uh, again, coming off the West Coast and then having to face a team that is really, really on fire right now in the Phillies uh, can't be easy either, um, even with a day off mixed in uh, here and there. But um, kind of not to say it's what you expect, but it was a bullpen day. So and you've got a team that is um is really heating up, especially the likes of uh, Alec Bohm and Bryson Stott and JT Realmuto and, and Brandon Marsh, the, the middle bottom of the order, if you will there. So um, it started off with uh, it pretty much. Wait, before, before you keep yeah. going, before you keep going, yeah. all of those names and you didn't, and, then, and you didn't mention Kyle Schwarber, yeah. Bryce Harper, Trey Turner. So like, it's, no, no, no. I, yeah, I was saying like the, no, it's been those guys that have been kind of carrying but, the team, and those guys, those other, the big names haven't even really turned it on and turned it loose yet. That's exactly no, no. To your point, no, I, I'm just saying like yeah, those three guys that weren't even mentioned, and that's how good this lineup is. Like it's a it's a tank of a lineup, and now that they're getting hot, you put a bullpen day. It doesn't work out for Yanni and company today. I mean, they just got rocked, man. And 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 BA said it. Around the third inning, I think when the when um, when Luke Rayleigh went deep. By the way, great great uh, home run there by Luke. He said, "Ba, uh, this is going to be one of those games that whoever's pitching staff, you know, not puts it in gear, that's who's going to win." Which might sound like just a very basic thing to say but in those back and forth games there has to be a pitcher there has to be a pitching staff that goes the enough is enough we're that's we're we're stopping the the bleeding here and the rays were not able to do that it it just kept paper cut paper cut paper cut and and Tajon Walker just got stronger as, as the game went on yeah uh the Phillies collected 17 hits Whew. if i recall yeah uh that's everybody gross. in that lineup Got a hit outside of Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber went over six with two strikeouts, and Zach Littell opening the game. He uh, was hanging the ball. Yanni Torinos was giving up some really loud contact. Luis Patino doing Le- Luis Patino things, uh, giving up runs and uh, and walks there. Which um, I know people might be like, "Oh my gosh, thank God that Jalen Beeks has been optioned down." Well. I, I don't know how much better things are going to get or will get with Luis Patino. I think it's just sort of uh, a, a zero sum game with, with that swap <laughs> out there. Um, and, and I feel bad in a way for Patino. I know he's gotten hit and hammered um, and there's been a lot of criticism levied his way, but uh, devil's advocate, he is just 23 years old and is just finding himself. And again, I know he was rolling in Durham. He uh, put together multiple, multiple scoreless outings, but, and these guys are professionals. I get that, but I would, you know, and with a guy like Luis Patino, I would love for him to get an opportunity to build up his confidence facing, I don't know, the Royals or the athletics or, you know, getting, some 
uh, a weakling team like that, as opposed to a team that um, is playing with a ton, a ton of confidence right now. It's it's putting the, the the player in a position to succeed, which is what the race have preached since 2008. This wasn't it. This was like the best of the worst case scenarios. Like, hey, it's six to four. Can you just kind of give us some couple Length, innings here? Yeah. And no, they they still rocked them for two. And, and then it opened up. Like, it seems to me that the best case to put up a, a Luis Patino right now if you're if it's going to be against the lineup like the Phillies, it'll be when the game is eight to four, right? Rather than six to four. Six to four, it's gonna get open. Why? It's like a Jalen Beeks thing. Like, let's it's mop up duty. It's like, hey, eat innings right now. Either if you're winning or if you're losing. Yeah, and uh, I just get sort of bullpen envy. I got that when I was at the game <sighs> on July fourth. I got it uh, with tonight's game as well. Seeing Jeff Hoffman and a day earlier, uh, remade, refined, refreshed Jose Alvarado and Craig Kimbrell. Like this is the time of year where I think I've mentioned this before, where I'm just uh, picking and prodding at all the opposing bullpens in baseball and saying, can we get somebody? Can we get some, some guy who is lights out on fire veteran that can uh, help us down the stretch run? Because I think that the race certainly need it with the situation that they're in right now. And um, going back to Luis Patino real quick, I know we've mentioned this before, but it's never uh, too soon to talk about it, I guess, is when the verdict will officially be rang on the Blake Snell trade that allowed the Rays to get Luis Patino and allowed them to get Francisco Mejia and then still waiting to see what type of contributions uh, we'll get from uh, Blake Hunt and uh, Cole Wilcox. So that uh, I'm, I'm still leaving the options open with that, but just wanted to put that in the back of everybody's heads as well. So. If you need to make a determination on July 5th, 2023, I don't think it goes the Rays way. I don't think that Ju- July 5th, 2023 is the right time to still right. say that. Um but yeah, and Blake Hunt is killing it right now. Friend of the program, he's awesome. He's doing yes. well. Uh, Cole Wilcox is not doing so hot. So you know, it's pick and choose, sit and lose all your different crews because um, that's what's happening with this trade. Yeah, uh, Blake Snell, by the way, has a three oh three ERA this season across nice. seventeen starts, ninety two innings. So nice. he's doing well. Um, but of course, there were other, uh, other hashtag bring him back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's ever happening in a million years. He, you will not see him in a raised uniform. You're more likely to see Pat Burrell in a raised. You're more likely to see Shohei Otani, man. Shohei Otani's coming, man. Yeah. I can tell you. No, it's crazy though. When you when we talk about Luis Patino, we go back to the date of that trade, and. Weren't we all so bullish on the idea that, man, a couple years from now, Patino is going to be our number two, number yep. three. I mean, he's yep. going to be, he, he's going to be a superstar. And of course he hasn't turned out to be that. As yeah, know. So, yeah. All right. Uh, we have more to discuss, but first we have to tell you something very, very important. And that is this. 
Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users in 2022. Uh, They've also earned some of the highest levels of engagement per user in the industry. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Sleeper Picks is real money product that connects friends over picks. Choose two to eight of your favorite players from pregame, live, or even across different sports. Pick higher or lower than the predicted stats. Only on Sleeper can you get up to 100 times payouts. Share with your friends and get rewarded together. Uh, Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, uh, Ulysses, um, you have a little surprise conspiracy theory. I do. I do. Okay. So first, I want, I need a couple of things from you, Kevin. And from everybody okay. who is listening on their favorite podcast platform and everybody who is watching on YouTube, before, I need you to hit that like button. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Help us reach more race fans like yourselves. I need an open mind, people. I need an open mind for this mm-hmm. conspiracy theory. Okay? Two, knowing full well this is Ulysses being cheeky. Okay? I'm being okay. cheeky. Even in my cheekiness, however, comma... I do feel like there is something here. Now, you can tell me you're crazy. This is just nothing. You can tell me, hey, I see the funny. Thank you for that. Or you can say, hey, I see the funny, and I think you're onto something. Those are the three camps. All right? So let's see where you... where you lie. Uh, I like the idea about being open-minded because I know fans sometimes aren't very open-minded, but the Rays organization is very open-minded and they don't, at least my understanding is they will at least hear out any idea or scenario or thought from their uh, fellow employees and staff members. So <laughs> they try to um, hear all voices, if you will. Well, let's see if, if you, if you agree with, with this or what, what camp you're in. Uh, so right now, if you're on YouTube, you can see that I have every lineup that the Rays have put out there uh, this season. Every single lineup. You can watch this on YouTube, and it'll be way easier to track. I have highlighted every time Wander Franco and Randy Rosarena hit back-to-back. In the first 20 games, in the first 20 games, that the race played in 2023, they were only playing back-to-back twice. Kevin Cash is trying to see what's working. The team is doing fantastic. Nothing to, nothing to change, right? Then, the next eight games in a row, Wander Franco and Randy Rosarena are back-to-back. Okay? Out of those eight games, by the way, they only lost two. Just keep that in mind. Yes. In the next 26 games, so 
including those, the next 26 games going down, it happens 19 times where they're back to back. And in four games of those 26 games, it wasn't possible for them to actually go back to back because either Randy or Wander were not in the starting lineup. Okay? So it happened 19 times out of 26, but four of those seven times, it wasn't even possible. So really, three times out of those next 26 games. Well, then comes the Toronto game, the 20 to 1 loss. It's here in yellow. They're going back-to-back, and as we know, it was reported by Mark Topkin and other outlets that there was some verbal spat between Randy and Wander. And if you notice that, uh, the next 39 games, in the next 39 games, the Rays have played, they have only been back-to-back in six of those 39 games. Six times out of 39. Now, out of the 28 games in total that they have gone back-to-back, they have won 17 out of those 28 games. For those that are not math people, I will give you the winning percentage of that. That's a 607 winning percentage. If you don't know how good that is, I will tell you that a 607 winning percentage would be third highest in all of MLB this year behind the Atlanta Braves, who are at 671, and the Tampa Bay Rays at 640. So when they're back to back, they win. And they win at an enormous, really good rate. So what is my conspiracy theory here, folks? This game. This verbal spat was huge. There's something about that, whatever happened, that it made Cash change his attitude of going back to back with these guys. Um, I feel like the the job of a of a manager is not to, you know. Oh, should I squeeze play here? Should I bring that guy from the bullpen? Like that's mostly already done before the game. They know the situations. They know what's going to happen most likely uh, with the help of the front office. But the manager is a good manager when they manage people, when they can manage their stars, when they can manage those egos, because there are a lot of egos in a clubhouse because they wouldn't have gotten to MLB if they weren't, um, confident in themselves yeah. right and and i think that's this is i really like the track you're on and you mentioned a couple things that i'd like you to go back to that because i like i'm just looking along that that spreadsheet there um that's awesome um yeah manager of people and keeping a fun loose engaging clubhouse communication skills those things are so i don't want to say so much more important but not giving not given enough importance as the oh we had a uh you know a a bad bullpen move here or 
uh, a bad lineup decision there or a bad substitution over there. Like the the day to day, the the twenty one hours that we don't see of yes on field action is where Kevin Cash earns his money, earns his dough, if you will. And I think with the personalities and egos, that is something that I think the Rays have historically um, not had to deal with as much as maybe this is a, a situation where you're starting to see a little bit of that, where Wander Franco has an ego. I think we can all agree with that. Randa yeah. Rosarina has an ego. I think we can all agree with that. There's not, I don't know if there's been many times in the Rays organization where you can say there have been personalities as big of this in the clubhouse at one time. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, you, you if you're an old uh, OG race fan, I'm not going to say anybody old, but uh, uh, an OG race fan, you remember that Carl Crawford and Pat Burrow basically just did not, yeah, uh, you know, uh, we're not friends. If to put it politely, they they just did not like each other. Right. Um, that's the last really big thing I remember in the clubhouse leaking out, dude. That was 2010. Like that's more than a decade yeah. ago. Um, you know, uh, it happened so long ago that there's a kid in freshman year in high school this year that was born in that year. That's how long it's been. Um, so that makes you feel old. Um, yeah. So this is so this is something. So again. I, yes. Am I being cheeky with it? Of course I am. You guys know me if you've, if you've listened to the pod long enough. I, I, I like being funny. I like that. Even in the cheekiness though, I do think that there's something in it. Um, you, you can't just, you can't just look at all those lineups back to back and, and saying that it's working. You have a 607 winning percentage. Again, it's not only because of them being back to back of course it's not it could have been yeah. a tremendous pitching uh performance by mcclanahan or efflin or whoever but that's what happens right i mean that's usually what oh when long goes in the lineup there are 40 and and 20 you hear that all the time well i can tell you that when wander and randy go back to back two and three they have a 607 winning percentage the race to so again i want you guys to have an open mind Yes, this is being mostly cheeky, but I do think there's something to it. I, I don't know how you feel about it, Kevin. I guess my question or my point would be if this is such a large rift between Wander and Randy, why does Kevin Cash in the staff in dribs and drabs put them back to back in the order? Is it kind of feeling it out or is it – oh my gosh, this matchup is we can't afford not to have these guys back-to-back. -back. Or it's, hey, we we can do it every once in a while, but we can't have it being done every day like it was earlier on in the season. I think it's a, a little bit of both. In fact, the, the race played 27 games in June. Okay, 27 games in June. They were only back-to-back -back in three games. Hmm. Three games in out of 27 in June. I do feel like there's, and this is where the analytic, uh, analytical people are going to just puke from their ears because they don't like hearing this. But sometimes 
even if the front office says this matchup is amazing, you got to have these two guys. I feel like when Kevin Cash is saying like, dude, these guys do not want to be back to back. They don't. In the on deck circle, there's a lot of more contact. Like they just want to have their space, like give them a breather. You know, one goes, we saw it. For God's sakes, we saw it in his in 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 Wander's game back. He he hits a solo home run. One uh, Randy is is in the on deck, and he literally takes a few steps back, so he doesn't so he creates more distance towards Wander, right. so he doesn't have to high five him. And what does Wander do? He doesn't break a he doesn't break a sweat. He doesn't break the stride. He just keeps going like he doesn't even know that Randy is right there. So. Yeah. I, I I feel like, yes, maybe there are some matchups like, hey, Ober's going, Lopez is going, Blackburn. We got to have a Franco and a Rosarena there. Maybe. Yeah. But I, I guess like it's more like, hey, can are they okay now? Let's do this. Does it feel good? I think it's more like that. Yeah. The other thing, too, and maybe it's the emergence of guys like Luke Rayleigh where the coaching staff and the front office team say, okay, this isn't a fluke. Uh, what he and other guys are doing are real. So we can put him number third in the order. We can move him up a notch here and there. Same thing with Josh Lowe and others as well. And then I guess, um, so June, they weren't back-to-back. What what was the number? They were like back-to-back never pretty much. Uh, out of 27 games, they were, th- they were t- back-to-back in three games out of 27 okay. in June. That was also the same time thereabouts of the Brandon Lau injury. So maybe that throws a wrinkle into uh, the idea in the sense of trying to find a way to, I guess, artificially lengthen out the lineup because you no longer have Brandon Lau in the equation. So we have to spread out Wander and Randy to some extent. I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a tremendous devil's advocate. That's it. That's that's really good. Um, just to say though, Brandon Lau has been back for two games, and I know they've put they they yes. put him fifth. No, they put him fifth and sixth. Uh, well, actually, sixth yesterday, fifth on Wednesday. Is there going to be a time where they're going to be fe- feeling more comfortable with Brandon, where they can put him again in the fourth? Ah, the yes. Randy, that's the other thing because early July, Brandon Lau may not be the same as late July or Uh August or September, Brandon Lau. So if he starts to heat up or as Evan likes to say, go on a heater, then Mm -hmm. maybe that's a situation where, okay, Brandon Lau's close-ish enough to his normal self where we can go back to the Wander Randy back to back. But I don't, dislike uh your your idea and your hypothesis here i think there really could be something to that um i and without uh maybe there's somebody in the front office that can send us a a private dm if there's somebody who has some proprietary information and insight (laughs) on this i would love to hear some of it uh we could be pulling at straws for sure but um and we've I don't kept hate it. It, it, crazier it, it, things have have happened, um, and, and so. we've kept that stuff uh, you know anonymous. So if you if you do want to give us something, we've we've we always keep that stuff anonymous. So yeah, that that would be pretty cool. Again, and, yeah, again, open mindedness. 
mostly cheeky. I do think there's some truth to it. At okay. least some of it. After the All-Star break, do you think this changes a little bit? Will the Rays go back to Wander, Randy, back-to-back in the lineup? Maybe there's a kumbaya moment during those couple of days off in Seattle. All-Stars together. Maybe there's a, a couple team memos and meetings and they they really try to to get on the same page here or do you see this continuing to be i don't want to see an issue but this will be the situation for the remainder of 2023 i hope they fix it man i think it's better for for the team chemistry they fix it maybe this is exactly what they need is to get away from all the clubhouse noise just have a you know honest heart to heart between them Uh, maybe have some fun maybe have some like actual mutual experiences that they're yes. both going to be in the first all-star they they might be sitting next to each other in the locker room maybe um and, and yandy kind of acts as a buffer there yandy and randy had their stuff and they don't seem to have anything right. anymore so maybe yandy can you know be kind of that buffer between them we don't know anything let's just hope that it, it does get fixed because i think that Team chemistry is a real thing. People that don't believe in team chemistry are probably have never have never actually worked at a workplace before. Uh, it's not great when you don't like yeah. your workers. It's uh, when you work uh, coworkers. It's not great. Right. It's huge. And again, like you said before, Ulysses, this is a job. It's a fun job. It's a high paying job. But is it? It is a job. It is a career. At the end of the day, and despite them being professional athletes and being public figures and having fancy cars and nice homes and pretty women. Um, there's still challenges uh, interpersonally with others on the team and others in the organization that you like, you dislike, you hate, you love, you're maybe neutral about. So there's a lot of, a lot of factors there. Now I will say the Rays for the most part, and I think in comparison to a lot of other organizations, maybe not just in sports, but in all uh, private organizations, they do such a good job of building and identifying and fostering whatever culture they're trying to foster. So I think there's something to be said for that. I've known, I I, I know that um, just that open line of communication, that open door policy, and just kind of that welcoming atmosphere um, has gone a long way. For them, so we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm begging somebody in the Rays front office or somebody that works for the team, clubby. I don't care. Somebody who uh, you know overheard something as a concession worker or a parking attendant. We we need some insight. <laughs> we need some insight. Remain anonymous. Yes. We will not uh, blast you. We will not dox you. We we want to know more about this uh, wander, uh, Randy riff if you will and uh, do we even know i know we're going along here do we even know what instigated that issue in the blue jays blowout was it no um just people in bad mood somebody not playing well makes a comment uh yeah, maybe there's a alexa baseball play not like a hustle somebody said something to something uh, we don't know and there mm. was no video clip about it either we asked evan kloski and he he said he didn't um he didn't see it either so and I wonder, yeah. I, I know I'm just I'm just flipping from the hip here, but um, Randy had been around. He had that 2020. And then you have Johnny come lately, Wander Franco. Randy becomes kind of an afterthought, at, at, not an afterthought, but the attention is on Wander. 
He then gets $180 plus million guaranteed. Where's Randy's pay? Where's his big fat contract? It's not to be seen as of yet. So just saying. You you could you could draw a million hypotheses. Players know what every other player makes. And yes, Randy was the Babe Ruth of the 2020 postseason. Yes, a hundred percent. I don't know, man. I just it could be Randy Land. Why is there not a Wanderland? I, anything, yeah. man. Anything that actually rings off the tongue. In fact, I would think you would want Wanderland where Randy Land is because Wander hit so many home runs oppo from the left side. Like that would be a good Wanderland, I would think. Of like, man, another bomb there. We saw it. <laughs> On the July 4th game. So. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I would not change Randy Lane. But yeah, uh, you guys let us know in the comments. Yeah. If you just come, if you had fun with it, awesome. Tell us if you had fun with it. You don't believe in it. Uh, tell us if you hated it. If you're just, that was not fun at all. I can't believe you wasted 22 minutes of my <laughs> life with this conspiracy theory. How dare you? Hey, write that down in the comments too. You know, I will try yeah. to respond. Hopefully you're nice. And the third of all is, hey, you had fun with this. And you kind of believe a little bit about it. That's okay. Well, I had fun with it. It was a a great, great idea. We love the conspiracy theories. And sometimes these conspiracy theories aren't just conspiracies. They actually have some merit and legitimacy to them. So, uh, yeah, again, I, I don't know what I have to give to this person or persons that works in the Rays organization to give me a little nugget or two about Randy and Wander. That'd be nice to write a book on it. Um, All right. Hope you all enjoyed. Yep. Let us know your thoughts on this and uh, we'll go from there. In the meantime, thank you all for listening to us, making us your very first listen every single day. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.